We're on it. It's we? Tuesday, late afternoon, and we are back here with the Sales Mate Smarter Growth Podcast. With and me, Patrick Trumpy. Patrick, great to see you again. It's been a week. How have you been doing? Amazing, amazing. Had a few really good meetings, a really good sales. Also, thanks to, to, to our 10 commandments. I mean, and... That's what we're gonna we're gonna dig in today. The second commandment. I've been looking forward to this episode. I had the opportunity to work with a few of our dear founders, technology founders, and um, that's perfect because it also adds to our topic today. And I've learned a lot, a ton. Again, uh, I've been grazing over the over the planet to get my head into different training education formats, video trainings and so forth. And uh, in yeah. this pretty yeah. wild situation. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just hope it plays out well, right? Yeah, and let's talk about one point now that is helping you guys to, to get one, one step closer to that goal. No, it also helped me. I think it also helped you, Max, to, to be where you are today the second commandment yeah we're talking about sun tzu sun tzu not i mean he's going by different names like lao tse and we do have a lot of sun tzu quotes i mean if you if you google him it probably come up with 85 you can also download them for your instagram profile and and you like because there there are so many versions of these quotes um and there are a few that we wanted to look into today and it's um, uh, before we do that, we need to categorize a little. So from, from our perspective, there are three types of Sun Tzu quotes, those who really deal with fighting, right? <laughs> and of course, we're not, we're not looking at fighting opponents in our, uh, in our little podcast here. We're looking at uh, working with customers and we're looking at coaching customers to the best possible decision they could make about your offer have to offer about the value you want to give them about the question if they want to continue the conversation with you so we're not looking into sun tzu's art of deception right we're not looking into yeah. the art of keeping uh, people in the dark about our and that's not what we're talking about we are talking about you win a war basically before the war even it starts starts to happen right the idea can be transported easily though Right. I mean, shouldn't it be easier if we don't have to fight? Shouldn't it be easier if we don't have a battle? Right. Nobody's fighting us also. Yeah. Um, at the same time, if you if I mean, we are working with a lot of sales teams, a lot of sales guys, girls. Um, it's interesting for how many people uh, working with customers feels like a battle. One of the things that I that I that I learned from you is have meaningful conversations with the customers. Don't look at it as, as if it was a war and really try to, to give your customer a good feeling with every interaction that person has. has yeah. with you. Which doesn't mean you shouldn't be assertive with certain things. I mean, be assertive with proposing next steps, be assertive with, with how you're gonna through, through the agenda, you know, have an agenda, be assertive 
and tell them, is that okay? Can I make a proposal regarding the agenda? Is that okay for you? Yes, it's okay for me. Go with the agenda. Is it okay for you if I propose next steps? Because, you know, we have done this sale a hundred of times and I can exactly tell you what is the most efficient way to evaluate that case at hand that we have here. Because I've done it like a hundred times. So let me help you. Let me tell you how we could go about it. And the customer is going, yes, please make a proposal and you can make a proposal and you get the accept and so on. So that's, but that, that's, that's already like one step further, I guess, before you need to have an agenda, right? You need to, you need to be, you need to be prepared. You need to have this. You need to have an idea. What do you want the customer to say? What do you want the customer to to believe after that call uh, or after that that meeting that that they have with you and i think one situation and i, I just hand over max but one situation we're all very familiar is like customer is is answering to one of our emails or to one of our calls yes i want to have a demo let's do a demo and we are like oh yes we have a demo you know and then we go into this demo unprepared we believe we can we can take the first 10 minutes to ask a few questions and then jump right into the demo but i don't think that's gonna be the most the best the best option you have never i don't think so but yeah max you have a better option i think that you've taught over the past 10 or 20 years uh yeah and, I, and actually uh, uh i found that very interesting and and uh, uh i want to add to what you said earlier um, mm -hmm. uh, and I like one version of this quote so much that says, like, the greatest victory is that which requires no battle. It's a ver it's a version of the same quote. He actually says the same, right? And I think, but but that's it. Feels more true for me also in 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 this situation where we're helping people make decisions. And um, uh, what it actually means can be different in, in every context, right? I mean, if you, if you have this demo and, and you're not sure that it will be convincing, then you're missing something. And it's, it's probably in your preparation. <laughs> <laughs> and another, another quote I love is, um, if you know the enemy without subduing or deceiving or some or doing some harm to people you can be very successful in sales and help your client succeed in order to do that in order to have that beautiful win-win-win situation you got to do a lot of the heavy lifting because they will not do it for you the nope. customer will not do your preparation they will nope. not try and find that win-win space right it's up to you I mean, I'm, to 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 uh, everybody in front of their screens here. If you have ever been like part of a watching party when it comes to soccer or the World Championship or or something like that, you know how easy it is to be smart when you're standing on the sidelines, right? <laughs> I mean, have you ever watched somebody shouting tips into that television screen, right? Like like they should run because it's important. But if you're on the on the field. And it's the 94th minute and you've been running for 89 uh, minutes. It's a little harder, right? It's And if you have to shoot the penalty, I mean, everybody's gone through the handbook uh, for penalties and it says uh, upper left corner, right? Beautiful. So uh, uh, shooting the penalty is, is, a, is a different game. And 
we're, we're, we're trying to do uh, as much as we can to get stuff out of theory into practice um, in a systematic way and, and give that systematic way to you guys, right? So, but so you know that we sound smarter than we actually are. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm typically well prepared. I, and, and that is because I'm so afraid of having of having uh, that worst conversation that I can imagine. I'm really afraid of that, right? So everything inside of me forces me to be prepared. Um, but I have been preparing uh, the hell out of myself for the wrong customer, for instance. It's really funny. We, we have, a, we have <laughs> the situation uh, here in, the mid, in mid-Europe where we have, for instance, one, uh, one uh, organization that produces high-quality water in bottles, right? Yeah. And a company by the same name is producing machines for car manufacturers, right? And um, the one is Bavarian and the other are more like in the in the uh, few hundred kilometers north. And I was preparing you know, like uh, we tried to sell, uh, we tried to convince the customer to to invest into cloud computing because we thought it's it's the perfect choice for them, economically speaking, from a level of scalability, from the perspective of reliability and so forth. So, and we we I came up with a, with a case, and you got to imagine that. That means that I'm showing up with 40 slides, beautifully designed, where you see like smartwatches telling uh, telling the customer that it's about time to tap for some water, and then you tap for water, and they will devil- deliver the next box to you, so you stay hydrated. And and we imagine this app that would help people stay hydrated and so forth, and the supply chain hacks that we were suggesting. When we when we jumped into the meeting, it was a physical onsite meeting back in the day, <laughs> and uh, uh, I hear them speak Bavarian, and I was uh, I was a little irritated. And then you like one of the guys, uh, he breaks out in laughter, and he says like, ah, you cannot imagine how often people confuse us with uh, water guys." And that was really the point where I knew I could drop my slide deck because and 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 I switched over to a flip chart. It it didn't it didn't hurt me in any way in terms of the result. Because I think I think this discipline of sales is also beautiful because you can make a tremendous amount of mistakes and fix them. Right? <laughs> it's like it's like a tennis game. You somebody else takes the point and so forth. You can still win. And, and um, if you not make a, too too many mistakes at the same time, and much more um, than this example, I think much more descriptive is when 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 you take the fun out of it. Sometimes it's no longer funny, and we have to. And sometimes uh, uh, customers call me and say like, "Hey, you gotta help. Uh, you gotta help us. Help us save uh, one particular situation." And then you you uh, work with the team to prepare for some next meeting with a customer in the middle of you know, like what they, they've been there forever in the sales process and and they're already sitting at i don't know 80 or 90 days pre-sales unpaid and they get mad at the customer because the customer is pulling so much pre-sales out of them and so much you know, like and 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 they are not willing to pay and at some point we got to tell the customer that this is enough and so forth. And, and then you challenge that and you find that they never clarified the customer's expectations. They never had a had a game plan. 
they're just showing up at the customer completely unprepared and have the first of a series of unprepared meetings. And then the customer gives them an objection. It's like, I'm not convinced that this will work for me. And their reaction is, yeah, we can prove it, right? And then they go home, do, do some homework, come back to the customer, try to prove something that may not even be on the customer's list. And then the customer gives them another feedback, say like, yeah, but you know, like that's not right for me. And, and then they go back and forth and back and forth. And they're doing like physical objection handling with their keyboards and software developments and with their installations and everything just to convince somebody uh, of something they don't need. And we've, see, we've seen this situation uh, hundreds of times. And it's, it's like, it's super expensive. The people wasting their time, people wasting pre-sales effort, and then trying to escape the responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what, that's what this commandment is about. Fully, fully agree, fully agree. I think you can apply one or two simple rules and, and, and you are like 80% through. The first rule yeah, that that the first rule I would apply is your first interaction. I mean, now during Corona, that's even easier. That's why I, I say I said two rules now, but never have your first interaction be a physical meeting. The first interaction before you go to a physical meeting, you can, you can schedule a physical meeting or a demo or something, do that for sure. But tell the customer until then, let's have a quick call, 30 minutes or 45 minutes, and talk about what you just said. Expectations. Um, talk about what what the needs are. What what they want to hear. What they think. Uh, what the challenge is. Why did he? Why did he even agree on this meeting? These are the questions you need to pose. Never go. And I have done that, like in in in, in Germany, you know. And and the ways from I lived in Frankfurt three years, and to go to <laughs> Munich and Berlin, it takes four hours one ride. And I have done that so often. And I could just have called and said, guys, what's your case? Oh, I'm sorry, we 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 are not in, in that area. I'm I'm sorry, you you misunderstood what you know. And so first, never go to a physical meeting without a call, without a prior call. And obviously during Corona, we need we need the second rule. If you if that first meeting that you want to do is jumping right into a demo or jumping right into showing something that you have, that's not your first meeting ever. Also, then if you have it, if you have it virtually, put in a meeting in between, call that person up, ask that person um, first, all these things that I just said before. Also ask if some other people are invited into that call. And ideally, if it, if it's a deal above 50,000 K per year, also call the other guys who are in that meeting and don't make the meeting too big. The first one. I think it's I think it's important what I realize it's important to first find a good champion within a company. You're not going to find a champion if you have a first demo with five people and then you have like a discussion and nobody maybe those two are not convinced and those three are convinced and then it's like weird. You can handle that before by talking to one person who can actually tell you how the politics work in that company and then work from there. So that's the yeah. That's my maybe you have an, an, an additional rule here, Max, that we need to add to this whole concept of don't go into war unprepared. Well, you can win the war with preparation, actually, not and not even need to fight that war. Yeah, um, that's that's I think that's a very practical um, tip here.
uh, actually you compiled through everything, right? And 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 the and the essence is um, to never never move in there without clarity, right? Yes. And so now, if Sun Tzu says, right, know yourself, know the know the customer. Um, that's that's actually hard to do in reality. If if you said, I don't know, if we pull like fifteen salespeople and put them in front of a computer and say like, or in, like any device they could use to Google or whatever, and say like, okay, know your customer. What will they do? Most people don't know how to do this because they're not doing it, right? Yeah. They don't know where to start. They don't have the checklist. Of course, they don't have the checklist. By the way, if you want the checklist, we have a checklist. We can share it. Drop a note here and say checklist, okay? I'll DM them to. We so even have a, we even have a script, by the way. When you're talking about checklists, I'm sorry to jump in here. We have a script. So if you want to know what you need to ask at the very first meeting, we have a script for you with all the questions that make sense and that you have to go through so that you know this actual second meeting then is going to be valuable. Yes, and um, uh, that is uh, that is, I would say, along the category of the tip you gave earlier. Um, and uh, uh, um, more more on that in a minute. Uh, I'm still thinking through that. Know your customer, right? And and what you can do is you can of course Google. You can try and find forums where these people interact and so forth, and and see what are they asking, what are their topics, what are they. You're like bragging about right what 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 are they complaining about what are they looking to get you can you can do a lot of stuff and and we've even have good experiences with you know, like doing surveys and and have facebook ads run to those surveys like like uh in in ryan lovex ask method you can do a lot you can mm -hmm. actually do a lot of research around who that customer really is and then um Sun Tzu also says to know your enemy you have to become your enemy and in our case if you want to really understand how you want the customer to make that decision, you got to understand how you would make that decision if you were the customer. Stand in their shoes. Like most of what they feel, think, say, decide, and so forth is very predictable. You would be just doing the same if you were standing in their shoes. So that's a good exercise. Now, how can you make that very simple? <laughs> know the customer understand what you can really do for them, what is helpful, what will make a change in their daily routine, have an impact on their lives. The easiest way to find out about those two things is <laughs> speak to them, right? Ask a few open questions. Not only will you gain trust fast with them, because if somebody, if somebody asks open questions, they show real interest. If they summarize what they get from you, you now feel that they're interested. Do you feel that they're honest, right? So, and that will give you so much food for preparing that that meeting and 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 focus. It's not about inventing stuff. It's about focusing what you have on the stuff that they really need, like connecting the dots. Here, we're just connecting the dots, and like you said earlier, Patrick, we're also not going in there and say like, you must do this. You got to do this. This is for you and stuff. We don't know if it's for them. And and we we phrase these things as questions, right? I mean, is it okay for you if I ask a few questions, customer? Yeah. Is it okay for you if we look at a solution that I've designed so you can tell me if you think it fits? You yeah. cannot lose that way. You will never lose. It will not feel like losing because if they tell you, hey, 
uh, it's not for me. Right, you're not wrong in, in that moment. It's nothing you you didn't say. It's for them. It's you helping them make that decision. So talk to them first. That checks off the know your customer and know yourself and the value you can bring and so forth. And um, then have a game plan. And having a game plan is also is it's it's not complicated. It's 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 uh, like Stephen Covey says, uh, have an end in mind, right? And like we both learned from uh, Michael Simon and and the team and from Mahan's teachings, um, if you know the end in mind, you got to understand what are some of the uh, what are are some of the goals, right? That I need to achieve. What are, what do I want the, this other person to say, think, feel, believe at the end of uh, of an interaction? And then I can go in and, and work on the details. Okay, what are some of the questions I want to ask? What are some of the things I want to show? And so forth. And um, like you said, we 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 uh, have asked another question, and that is something I want to uh, uh, I want to have um, uh, a minute or so conversation about um, because it's easy, Patrick. When you think like you're, you're selling a certain piece of technology. To, and now you understand your customer, you're probably working a lot with more and more of the same people in the same situation with the same goals, right? Yeah. Do you have to prepare every conversation or how would you do that? No, yeah, good. that's a very good, that's a very good point. Um, I think the first conversation, you don't have to prepare anymore. The only thing you have to prepare for that first, and that I mean the first conversation that we talked about, huh? that first uh, call where we ask all the questions. So the, the only thing you have to have prepared is a script. Yes. I always have a script prepared with the questions that I want to go through. And obviously, um, as you just said, huh, when you have when you have knowledge already in a certain area, I'm, I've been working now for for for, for about one and a half years within legal and compliance, and and I sell to legal and compliance. So from time to time, you you understand the words they use, you understand the cases they have. They they are not that different anymore. So when I go to an insurance now, um, I can also assume certain things, but loudly assume, talk to them. Like I assume, you know, based on the experience that I have with other insurances, they had this and this challenge. Do you have that as well? And that builds trust that that tells that person, hey, that person understands my industry. That's amazing. Um, but still ask, don't don't assume it only, you know, don't just assume it that they have it. Um, ask them so that they say it themselves. It's so important in sales that you don't put words in, in your customer's mouth, but they say it themselves. They say yeah. themselves, yeah, I need that. Yeah, yeah. I want to do something. Don't yeah. say you have to do something because you know it's digitalization and then and and all your all your competitors do it as well maybe that helps that you know mention all those competitors that already use your service that's for sure but don't say hey that and that customer is all they are already using it so i think uh, you should think about it as well i mean why are you not doing that so so the script have the script ready go through the same questions but listen to what the customers say and 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 the more you know the the field you are in you can change a little bit how you ask the questions that's at least how i do it with the first call and then with the with the with the demo or presentation um depends on how many people will be there but uh there yes i i do yeah. have to prepare every single time because i i i prepare uh, i i adjust my technology 
to whether it's an industry uh, in insurance, whether it's a bank, whether because they are there, they cover different topics. So I can actually do get that. It's not always the case. Um, well, I think most of the time it's the case that you can actually make the environment that you present to the customer that he really feels like it's an environment he could when he says yes we want to work with you that that's what i get after you know and if that person feels really like hey i feel really familiar with that with that get that guy shows me so for instance i show uh, laws or things that that are relevant for those people and and cases that are relevant for those people so obviously yes uh, preparation shifts a little bit um, when you know your industry, you can, um, you, 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 you will be, well, for the first meeting, you will, you will be able to ask the question differently. Um, have your script ready. That's the only preparation that I do for, for the first, for the first meetings, for the second, I, I always dig in half, half an hour, no matter how well I know the industry, half an hour to prepare the environment for, especially that client's case. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot what I, of people but, might confuse the the sorry Patrick the might confuse the first and second call. So uh, if you're talking about a first and a second call, how long is that first call, and what are you trying to achieve with that first call? Good point. So the first call is for forty five minutes. In my case, forty five minutes, and the goal I want to achieve um, is knowing like the number the, the best thing that could happen in that first call the absolute best thing is you have a number a quantitative business case you know based you know for instance your customer is spending 10 hours on a certain process that you know you can reduce to five hours or can reduce to two hours or even be able to reduce to 10 minutes you know have these kind of things ready. Have ready whether that they 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 manufacturing, for instance, they use machines and those machines some from time to time stop working. You know exactly what amount they put into that stop working, and you know exactly okay we can help those machines to work all the time. They're not going to stop ever, and 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 you have a quantitative case. So that's I think absolute goal number one to have to know the impact of your customers challenges that's my that's my absolute number one and obviously then the you know that's the first and then the decision process and and the decision criteria i know based on what criteria they're going to decide for a solution especially if you are in if you are with, with in competition with other with other technologies that are not so different to what you offer the only one of the only things you can do is impact or or have an influence on this decision criteria that are in your favor that's one thing that we can actually do so find the decision criteria and have tried to influence those those decision criteria that's that's the number that's the number two so i think one to those two most important things i mean what would you add uh, do you have something to add max or or you disagree with with that uh, with that list of two the sequence the call sequence or no, uh, the goals of the first call. I do agree that it's important to have exactly that conversation where we're we're digging deep, right? We have a deep, meaningful conversation with the customer to go for that goal and see if there's any value behind implementing our solution at that customer. Yeah. Because if there's no value, and you know, like that the thing is, customers will be grateful for you asking these questions. 
because it it gets them to think, right? Those things typically, for whatever reason, people don't spend that thought. They rather invest 200 grand in some platform and never think about what they're trying to achieve with that, right? And that's, that's horrible, horrible. Not only are most technologies, I think, my, my, that's my absolute belief, most technology is sold too cheap on this planet, way too cheap. And also for the reason that we're not doing enough to have the customer get the value. So people are, are like, basically they're buying the newest iPhone and, and they just use it as a gravitation device to, to uh, uh, like, like press, to get, press down their paper on, on the desk or something, right? Mm -hmm. it's, exactly. It, yeah, and they are buy, everybody's buying, and I mean, uh, this is an, old, an older technology that I'm, I'm actually a fan of. Because it can do full stuff, right? And workflow automation. And, and it's one of the most underrated technologies on the planet is Microsoft SharePoint, for instance. Boy, can you can you do great magic with this technology. And mm -hmm. nobody's doing it. Yeah. They all invest in SharePoint to slow down their file share. And that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But that's what's happening, right? And it's our job. We're not sales. Technology sales, from my perspective, does not know, uh, does not mean to pull somebody over the table <laughs> and win this battle and all of this crap, right? It's it's really more uh, like winning the battle in our terms means getting the stuff, getting the customer to the right decision, which most of the time, because our technology can do so much, there's there's asymmetry, right? There's, yeah. This is asymmetric. Our technology can do so much that most of the time, if the customer has a plan, if we can help them have a plan for their battle with the technology, what they want to achieve, it will be the right decision to go with the technology rather than without. If we don't have that plan, the complexity the technology adds to the organization will be detrimental. So it's our jobs to become the coach of that decision-making process in a, not in an economic sense and not in an organizational sense, but to have a match between their challenges, goals, and what we can do to get there, to get them there. And that is exactly what you say you're doing in that 40 or 45 minute conversation. I do have a similar conversation and I also have a script for that and it's 30 minutes. And this is exactly what I'm trying to find out is, why are we talking? What are you looking to get? Do we have a plan to get there without me? Are you open for alternatives? Cool, what makes a great alternative? Okay, are you willing to have you know, like ha continue this conversation and learn from a few other guys that are just like you that have used my technology or whatever I have to offer to go where they want to be? And then if the answer is yeah, I want to sure, I want to understand that, then we can go deeper and that it feels like a it feels like a real conversation to to the customer. And it builds trust. And again, trust is I think it's the best determinator for speed in the sales process. If if people trust each other, they become a team. That's, they work towards the same goal. And imagine if you if you I mean I fully agree with everything you just said. I actually have a good example also. But with the trust thing, um, and imagine I mean trust builds right. You, it's hard to build trust in one meeting and one meeting only. It, it can happen obviously, yes. but it's harder. It's harder than build it in two meetings. I mean, imagine this with the preparation call that you have with that customer, you already are building trust 
by first try to understand and then um, to be, you know, and then to be understood and, and present your stuff at the second time. So, so it, it even helps you with building that trust because you see the customer twice. And so that's the one thing I wanted to add. And the second one is actually, I have a real life example from this, what you just said, that uh, technology technology is too cheap. When I started, the founders had, you know, a price, 5,000 was the minimum price to get it. And I was asking, what is what, what was the reason for you to get, at, to, to get at that price? And they just said, well, no idea. We just built it, you know, we that's it. Price. Yeah. Exactly. So what I, <laughs> exactly. So what I did, we talked to like the first 20 customers where we went through with my script. Um, we actually got a really good feeling how much time they spend on that process and how much time they will spend on the process when they have our technology. And we know their hourly rate, you know, we know the time so we can calculate what they save, you know. And yeah. based on that, based on the knowledge that we get with this, with this, uh, with this first preparation call, um, was basically we can match the pricing better to the actual value of the technology. So we, we increased the price by by more than a hundred percent. So the minimum is like ten thousand, and um, sometimes you know, when, when we are at situations where, the, where we see the value is even bigger because they have that and that additional case, they yeah. can increase the price more because I think it's yeah. fair to participate at what the, what the, well, the client gets out of value. And the client, I think, is, is, also, is also fine with this because yeah. they get the value anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very, very good point. And I think most customers would actually, I think you have to do a job so good that even if they know they are paying more than they should or than they could, you know, like with the different pricing models, so they don't care. Because the value you're giving them is so big that they say like, okay, I'm glad I made this decision. This has been the best decision of my life. And you can get almost every customer to that point for almost every product or technology you're selling. I agree. And that's the beauty, right? That's where the beauty is. So now wrapping it up, right? Our people have limited time. Today was, it was more than 10 minutes today, huh, Max? I just wanted to say that it's a topic that we both are really, we, we are, you know, we are in and we, we realized, I think, the importance of this. And that's uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of an emotional topic. Yes. So here's, here's the thing. If you've been watching this until the end, you qualify, right? If you watch all the 10 episodes, you qualify for the sales made polo, the team polo. You cannot buy this anywhere. It's something you earn. And now let us give you back the one hour or more. And please let us know if you think there's no value in what we're telling you here. But this is the conclusion, right? So most of the stuff that happens when you interact with customers is predictable. And the way to make it predictable and to know it's going to happen is to understand yourself and that customer, right? And how do we do that? We have that first meaningful conversation where we turn in, we tune into their radio station. We listen, we perceive, right? We, we understand. So we're looking for the repeatable things. So if we understand one type of customer brilliantly, 
can we have a similar first conversation with two or three or four of them? If you talk to 10 of them, will you recognize that those conversations are similar because their challenges are similar and where they are going is similar? You will. Can you have a perfectly prepared, repeatable first conversation? You can. Definitely. We know. We know because we're doing it, right? So <laughs> prepare that one conversation. And uh, also by script, we're not talking about you know, like uh, the sentence you have to say. It's not it's not that we have uh, uh, that we have a piece of paper and and it says sales Alabama. then you go, you pick the phone and you say sales Alabama and people will suddenly buy from you. That's not it. This script, my script is a 30 minute script. It has 20 pages. It's a page per minute. So what does it help? It helps you keep track. It helps you, you know, like timing, right? So you, you're going and, and I, the central element is a huge table that will help us understand all the challenges and all the dreams, goals, hopes and aspirations the customer has and to, do, to drill deeper, like Patrick said earlier. And then we know that we we have to understand their plans. We have to understand if they think they can get there without any help, whatever there is, right? And then we have to understand what qualifies an alternative and so forth. So this the idea of the script is to discipline yourself, to keep yourself on track, to have that question ready when you need it, right? To pull the people back if, some, if something goes off track, <laughs> which can happen. <laughs> to Can't pull the help. conversation back. So yeah. uh, that is the uh, the practical advice that we will we would give you. And you said something uh, earlier also that I want to I want to really cement this in here. How about practice, Patrick? Whoa. Probably the most important thing in sales, practice. Practice reading books is 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 <laughs> nothing compared to practice. Nothing. And Practice, I mean, uh, mock calls, do that with your peers, do it with your family, with your friends, um, with people, best with people who know, you know, have knowledge in that area um, that you're selling to, obviously, because then it's getting a real conversation. And if not every customer conversation is a practice, but, but like do it, practice is really, it's, yeah, it's number one in sales. I think it's the most important thing to become yeah. better. You can't yeah. become better by reading and by thinking um, what has to be done. You really have to just do stuff for sure. Yes. And that that particular 45 minute call, how often do you do have to do it before you are really good at it? What would you say? 20 to 30 times. Yes. 20 to 30 times. And that's my experience too. There's one factor that is that it, that it depends on. It's whether you have prior knowledge in that industry that you're selling to. So when I started at Larry, I didn't have any knowledge of legal and compliance and regulatory. So the, 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 the words they threw at me, I didn't even understand the words. So I, I you know, uh, we, we never were, I never was alone, obviously. I took, uh, took Eddie, the CEO of the company in those calls. And then he was, I was just asking the questions and he was coping with answers or questions and things like that. But even I think if you if you are in an area you're you're working in an area that you know you have prior knowledge it's it's yeah it's closer to 20 if it's somewhere you you have no clue of that you're selling to like yeah you're selling databases or something uh, tomorrow and you have no idea how databases work okay 
Um, it might take maybe 30 or 40 calls, but uh, that's 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 it. I think it's it's quick. It's fast. It's fast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's so it. Right, like, like I mean, everybody knows it, and 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 in that in that soccer example, we all know we should uh, put the penalty in the upper left corner, right? But if you stumble over the over the ball, or if you slip over the ball and land on your back, that's probably a symptom of not having practiced. If you don't uh, manage to to put the ball into the upper left corner, that's a symptom of not having practiced. And on the other side. You can have that conversation. You should simulate this conversation four or five times from my experience. And then if you have it with real customers, after the third customer, boy, will you have an idea of what's going on in these people. Boy, will you make suggestions that blow people's top off, right? Yeah. They will think you are the expert. So those conversations are actually fun. You might receive feedback completely unexpected. People may thank you for the call. People you didn't even know a minute ago, right? Or, or a day before the call. Yes. So that is how you win a battle without.